0: It is what it is. It is what it is. Sometimes, I, was am I having fun doing this show? Yes. Was the Wonderkin having fun doing this show? Yes. But sometimes you can have too much fun. Producer Kyle knows what I'm talking about. That's the replacement. He's not allowed to speak because no one can replace the Wonderkin. So I hate to break it to you, Kyle. You will get no airtime. I will not put you over. You will stay there in silence and do my work. I don't trust you enough with the iPad either. This is a the kid they picked out of the local AV club from the high school. I don't know what it is you do just yet. But I'm going to find out. going to find out. But this show has been called a lot of things. It's been called really mediocre, surprisingly decent, And most of all, controversial, sometimes inappropriate. I don't know. It just sometimes it's a lot. It's a lot. But hey, one thing we are is resilient. And we will continue to push forward. Even though I am solo now, and it will take some time to get used to. We will have guests that come in from time to time. We will have... Other shenanigans going on, but we will persevere and we will push forward. And as always, he may not be here with us. He wishes he could be. At the end of the day, it is always long live the wonderkin. And I'm sure he is wondering, hey, it's 2 a.m., When are you going to have the talks we can't have when the sun is up? Well, right now. Good evening. I'm Rafael Martinez, and this will end in darkness. So behind the camera is local high school A.V. club jobber Kyle. How old are you? You don't look 16 at all. That was the prerequisite. I need a 16-year-old child to be the producer of this show. You look barely 12. With that zit, you look a little 18. I'm going to be honest with you. It's terrible. Light your face on fire if you can. That's not going to get any better. Puberty just smacked you right in the face, and it's not going to stop. I seen your parents, not good, but yes, lots of, going, lots of goings on in one planet Earth, mainly the Afghan withdrawal, um, that hasn't gone well, as one might expect for a 20 year build up to an inevitable loss. Um, I have to be honest, I didn't think we'd still be there when I was a kid. I thought this was kind of like a few years, and then we're out. Because Clinton was good at that. Clinton would start shit and then abandon shit very quickly. As you watch in the movie, The Special Relationship on HBO, and it's on HBO Max now, they have Bill Clinton and Tony Blair. Tony Blair played Michael Sheen. And I believe Bill Clinton is played by Damn it. I'm going to look that up on the iPad. This is the new format now. It's just me and you. We're hanging out. Deal with it. I like it. It's a good movie too. Special Relationship. Don't be a jerk. Get HBO Max. I got HBO Max. And for those wondering, I still haven't watched Godzilla Versus King Kong. Still haven't watched it. Special relationship. Oh no! And Wikipedia's gonna give me the whole relation. I want the movie. The movie. Dennis Quaid. How do you not remember Dennis Quaid? That movie illustrates how these guys were totally in it to win it in Kosovo at first, or Bosnia. Whichever. kind of, At this point, we bombed so many it doesn't even matter. But I believe it was Bosnia or Kosovo. Who cares? But Tony Blair buys into it because he thinks Bill Clinton cares about building democracies in other places. But what Bill really cares about is he's got to get people off the, you know, the pussy hound scent. People were starting to catch on. That right wing conspiracy his wife kept talking about didn't seem as legitimate. So they go into this bombing run and Bill's like, I won't commit to people on the ground. I'm not going to I'll do the bombs but I'm not going to put people on the ground. It's too much. The American people will handle it. Tony Blair calls him out on it. Does a speech in the United States with some Chicago bigwigs saying, you know, if we don't put boots on the ground, we're kind of pussy. And at that point, you can't get called out like that. Not by a Brit. The Brits should never be allowed to call Americans pussies ever. We beat them twice. We would beat them again. Maybe not in soccer. Well, technically, one of their soccer teams has one of our American players, don't they? So we're beating them like that. We're infiltrating. We're going to make soccer American soon. It's game over. They don't understand. You don't understand, Producer Kyle. You don't understand. Do you know anything about CIA Black Op Wars? No, you don't. It's not a Call of Duty DLC. This is real-life shit. We've been running covert wars all over South America. South America. South America. He doesn't know. I don't blame him. The Afghanistan war wasn't a covert war. It should have been. If we were going to lose this bad publicly, it would have been nice if we had done it in secret. It's kind of embarrassing. But 20 years, you know, 20 years of a war no one wanted... But it seems like now everyone wanted it. It's really bizarre. It's really... I'm watching the same people who were like, you know, we, we need to get out of these wars. No one needs to die. We're not, you know... We're not really helping. You know what I mean? We're not really making anything happen over there. No, there is no democracy to build. Now they're talking about, oh, but there's $1 trillion in minerals. We gotta get these $1 trillion in minerals. To me... I would say let China have it because the only mineral worth having is lithium for cell phone batteries. And they're already building those. Let's make it easier for the sweatshop worker. Opiums in Afghanistan, but we don't need that. We're not an opium country. We got like this opioid crisis has to be curbed. You have to be curbed. It's not good. It's not good. So we don't need the opium. We don't need the oil either. Tesla's going to save everybody. So the Middle East really shouldn't have any interest for us. It has nothing going on. It's just a desert. You can't build water parks out there. You can't. Where's the water going to come from? You can't do anything. Is AMC going to build theaters there? I'll never go there and I'm an A-lister. Yeah, I'm gonna go see fucking Avengers 5 and fucking, you know, Cobble. Can't wait. The IMAX there is superb. The noise is explosive. You know what I mean? Can't wait. I'm gonna fucking, gonna go to Cobble. Get the fuck out of here. We gotta get out of there now. But they're saying that now things have gotten so out of hand that we can't leave for another 36 hours. I just feel like they're going to keep extending this. And then three months later, the evacuation still going on. The slowest evacuation in fucking American or world history. How much slower can it go? I'm willing to take bets on it. I think we'll get a whole second front out of this. I think we stay five more years. Why not? We already wasted 20. We wasted a trillion dollars or more than trillions of dollars. On this 20 year experiment. So I'll never feel bad about losing a $5 bill again. It is not a Trilly. But I really wanted to win this one. You know, I used to make fun of all the old guys. Like you guys lost Nam. <laughs> you know, I can't do that now. We lost this one. The World War II generation just keeps winning. And that's because they had a clear villain, you know what I mean? Like, we had bad booking. It was just bad booking all around. The heel wasn't strong enough. Literally. Have you seen Osama Belong? He looks sickly most of the time. He was on respirators, being dragged around in different caves. You can't really have a WrestleMania-like battle in the desert. It's not the same. It's not the same, like, you know, battling in Berlin. You know, or battling across Europe in these beautiful, you know, old-style cities. It's It makes for better Call of Duty maps. I've played Call of Duty in the Middle East maps. They're not that fun. It's all just yellow. Yellow and orange um haze the entire time. You put me in, like, fucking East Berlin, it looks kind of cool. It's, like, nice scenic, you know? People can die, but look at beautiful architecture. There's nothing going on in Afghanistan. At least the ones they show on TV. There's probably at least one or two places that if I did have to die in Afghanistan are probably, you know, good looking. This all just comes down to that 9-11 was very inconvenient for everybody. Very inconvenient. I had to learn words I didn't want to know. Like insurgent. Insurgent. Or a sleeper cell. I was totally fine living my Pokemon lifestyle. My Digimon, you know, everything was great then. The only thing I knew about the government was like in 1998 when I played Metal Gear Solid and I found out they were cloning people and shit. I didn't need to know anything else. Terrorist was an abstract term. It wasn't real. It was just bad guys in movies. Now there was countries attached and cultures. It's just too much. Boring. Too much work to keep up with these storylines. I'll never forget. Like seeing the movie, Some of All Fears. One of Ben Affleck's greatest performances. Ben Affleck, one of the greatest actors of all time. I don't care. Top three. I don't care who your list is. Ben Affleck's a god. In this household. In this universe I occupy. God tier. God tier. Okay? Okay. And whoever argues, simply, has now watched Shakespeare in Love. Just saying. Beautiful man. But he was in the movie, Some of All Fears. And this is when they were trying to reboot the Jack Ryan series. And, you know, they had, like, a youngish Morgan Freeman who still was incredibly old as shit. But the idea was he knew everything about the Russians, you know what I mean? He was, like, a Russian analyst, so he knew, like, how their government works. And like there was a coup there recently. He's totally in the know, but the thing is he's also dating his hot ass nurse and he can't tell her who he is apparently, which not really his job wasn't that secretive. It was just like, I watch Russian TV and translate it. It wasn't really that deep. He could have told Kathy like when he does tell her, she doesn't really believe him anyway. He tells her he, that he's a historian. Strike one, really. Because who's going to date a historian? Nobody. Those people are boring. I've been around historians. Boring as shit. Have you read the new book on the Industrial Revolution? Particularly in the year 1813? No, I didn't. I didn't read any of that shit. Because I was just watching fucking Loki and it was dope. That's a time period piece, isn't it? That's classical art. Historians. Boring. And they always get the story wrong. Almost, I've never seen a historian get everything correct when they're telling a story. I'll, I'll go back and fact check and write things down. Inaccurate. Completely inaccurate. I'm inaccurate on purpose. So I'm never wrong. When I am wrong, I'm doing it on purpose. Remember that, Producer Kyle. Remember that. Never wrong. But I remember some of all fears coming out. And and the president made a really good point. Actually, no, Bill Cabot, Morgan Freeman made a really good point. He was like, listen, we've got to stop doing these nuclear drills that we do against the Russians. It's not always going to be the Russians. And Morgan Freeman made the point, he's like, it's the guy with one nuclear bomb I'm worried about. And even this turned out to be, you know, Nazi terrorist, which was weird because in the book, some of all fears, it was Arab terrorists. But at the time, it was a little, it was like, what, 2004. You couldn't do that time. But see, that was before we called Osama. So, like, I'm watching this movie in theaters and I'll never forget how people, how excited people were when they killed the terrorist at the end. Because we hadn't found justice in that time. Like, we were wondering, when are we going to catch this dude? When is this war going to be over? And it just seemed like then it was never going to be over. So to be here 20 years later, we done killed the guy that started all this shit. And we're just now leaving. I'm just wondering what it was all for. You know, I, I, I had to suffer through so many... Of Gideon Yago's MTV news segments just to get to their next episode of Real World. It was annoying. Like, it'd be like, we get it. There's 18-year-olds at war. I just want to watch Ridiculousness. I just want to watch Jersey Shore or Jackass for the 14th time. Because you're rerunning the episodes because you don't make new ones anymore. All those goddamn independent movies about the guy coming home from Iraq. It's like, who cares? Like, it's been... It was already by then, like, 15 years ago. Like, it's over. We've all moved on. We've all moved on. I'm pretty sure people didn't even know we were still there. They just found out last week. But it is good to get out, I guess. 20 years later, we're finally out. and You're giving him shit about it. Because let's be honest here. If Obama wanted to, after killing Osama bin Laden, you could have left. Trump could have left. So maybe Joe was just senile enough to think he'd get away with it. And the military-industrial complex won't assassinate him. He's too old. They'll let nature do that. Yep. 20 years later, and the world's upside down, the anti-war people are now pro-war. How about that? When we come back after this break... We'll talk Spider-Man. A trailer dropped and a conversation ensued. More darkness when we return. back to more darkness Spider-Man trailer came out and it's like whatever man at least for me now I think I think I think I'm over it this whole I get now that Marvel's doing the whole multiverse it's semi-interesting to me but what comes with it is like the worst of nerd journalism. Where everyone's blowing every surprise imaginable. The Toby, Andrew Garfield thing, if that happens, sure. I don't even care at this point. Because it's been ruined so many times. It would have been a nice special moment to see in a trailer. But apparently no one wants to wait and enjoy things anymore. So when I saw the trailer and Doc Ock showed up, I went, oh, yeah, I knew that. They spoke they every news article put that as the headline. Doc Ox in this movie. So I wasn't that excited about it. People had their theories on what's happening. Some people say that's not really Doctor Strange, that's someone else taking control of his body that does the oogly boogly magic he does, the gang sign shit. He's definitely like I wonder if like anyone from the Bloods and Crips saw that movie and was like, wait a minute, that's one of our joints. They were probably really confused. Damn, he's cold. Peter Parker at this point. He's going to go back to no one knowing who he is. And it's kind of cute, you know, because at the end of that last movie, I felt really bad for him. Getting out of it like that, hmm, there's better ways of going about it. You never want to come out the superhero closet that way. Not publicly. You want to do that with your friends and family first. Then over time, put it on your social media. You know, you're a Spider-Man. That's your identity. You know, you just put superhero, I guess. Super.hero. And then you put an explanation of what that orientation is of who you are that's how i think coming out a superhero works i could be wrong but i am excited in a sense to just kind of i hope they at least update the green goblin costume because that yeah that power ranger suit he was rocking. It never sat well with me. I hate the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, I'm being honest with you. I think they're garbage. I think Sam Raimi's a garbage fucking director. I think Evil Dead, even though it's supposed to be garbage, that shit's garbage too. Not a fan. Those Spider-Man movies are just so acid washed. It was like super sad it was annoying. Tony Maguire was such a crybaby bitch, and Kirsten Phillips is not that pretty. I think you have to be a frumpy person to find Kirsten Dunn's pretty. Like frumpy people like frumpy people. I didn't see it. And James Franco's acting was garbage in that too. The only person really trying was Willem Dafoe. And then, well, you know, he dies in the first one. All the villains were trying really hard to make those movies good. But not Spider-Man though. Mm-mm. Toby had two emotions. Smiling and crying. That's all he's got, baby. <sighs> it's fucking depressing. At least Andrew Garfield, you know, tried to be mysterious, dark, traumatic. I find that much more interesting. Because the middle ground there. there is a gray area. He doesn't smile too much. He doesn't cry too much. He's right in the middle. People didn't like his movies, which is fair. Amazing Spider-Man 2 wasn't great. I don't think anyone would say Amazing Spider-Man 2 is good. I'm not willing to fight for it. But so far, Tom Holland's done great. Even though, you know, it's on the back of Iron Man. I would dare say he hasn't gotten over on his own, brother. He's just been Hulk Hogan's sidekick. He's like Brutus the Barber Beefcake. He's like by proxy. Far From Home was solid. His first one. That was good too. I don't know why I'm shitting on Tom Holland, but it just, it feels right. Because you had to shit on a kid that nice. But the trailer sparked a conversation about his. Tony Stark. Iron Spider suit. Apparently, the Iron Spider suit and him having it is a spit into the, spit in the face of his middle class roots, because it's too expensive of technology. Like it, it's it's worth too much money. So in essence, what they're saying is, you can't be from a poor neighborhood and wear Gucci. That's the logic I'm trying to understand. And it's interesting because what I feel like this does is, or what this brings about, is this false idea that there is honor and sanctity in being middle class or low class, which is a Hollywood concept created To make you feel better for not being rich. That's all it is. It's not this, you know, super, you know, oh no, the rich people aren't happy either. I hate to break it to you. They are happy. They are extremely happy. They do not have the concerns you and I have. Their unhappiness comes from not having concerns. Not having anything else. We would all love to be the rich people. There's no one walking the earth today that is low or middle class going, I kind of want money. Money is bad. I don't like it. It's like, no, we all want money. Pete, some people quote unquote, don't value those things. Sure. They don't value those things. till the bills start piling up. Till it's time to pay the rent. Till it's time to pay the cell phone bill. Now you value quite a lot, don't you? In this narrative, like here's the thing, right? Peter grew up, well, let's see what well, he goes with the aunt and uncle. By that time, they're close to retirement age, so they're not really working. They're probably getting some disability checks. He's eating some government cheese. He's definitely having a hard time financially. Yet, he makes friends with one of the richest kids in New York, Harry Osborne. which is the most poor kid thing to do. Poor kids or poor people in general know how to make friends with other people who have more than what they have because they intend to ask for that favor later. I have at least 10 people I know on my cell phone. I have no intention of calling, hanging out with, or being associated with in any real way that makes them think we have a connection. But I know that favor is going to come up. So I'm going to need to keep them in the Rolodex. Send them the Merry Christmas text. How's your Thanksgiving going? Happy Easter. And if you think you're one of those people... You probably are. So just be nice about it when I come to you for the favor. That's Peter's thing. He's a kid who knows I've got the smarts, but I don't have the resources. So let me go talk to Iron Man and go, hey, can you build me something? Hey, Mr. Fantastic, can you build me something? I don't think this, this idea that him getting favors from other characters somehow devalues him. It doesn't. If anything, it shows he has mastered the art of looking at people as people. That is how he's able to get his suits upgraded. That's how he's able to get all this help whenever he's stumped on something. Because he's there for the knowledge. He's there for the mission. And people know he's legit. And people have no problem doing favors for him. That, to me, is the most middle-class, low-class, blue-collar kid thing to do. So this idea that somehow wearing a very expensive suit takes away from his middle-class sensibilities is utter horseshit. And an idea like that can only sprout from someone who's never had to be middle-class or low-class. Whose money was never an issue for them growing up. Who they never had to turn to anybody outside their family for anything. There's a level of that American individualism that only exists in certain classes and groups. But around the rest of us who don't have anything, we've learned the act of trading favors. We talk about trade-offs on this show all the time. You might not know that because it's the only episode recently up. But the archive will come back someday. When, who knows? But, that is what we've learned to do. And I think, if anything, him wearing that Iron Spider suit, not only makes him the most middle-class hero there is, it makes him the everyman because he is going to abuse that suit until it does not work anymore. Because if you ever got an expensive gift when you are someone who doesn't have money, you wear that shit out. You make sure you get the most amount of usage in it that you can possibly get. And that to me is what makes Spider-Man great. He's utterly appreciative of all the things that are done for him within the community. That's why when the community has an issue, you can't have a meeting without Spider-Man. Because he's kind of the conscious of everybody. He's dealt with everybody. He's learned the Barney idea of be kind to one another. And you will achieve far greater success. That is something that I think comes from also having a good father figure like Uncle Ben around. Uncle Ben has to have been one of those guys where it's like, Peter, treat a guy nice, he'll treat you right. That's that Queens, you know, that Queens, that Queens ethic. And the thing is, it's a it's very Queens thing to do. Because Queens has been asking Brooklyn, the Bronx, Manhattan to, you know, Borrow some relevancy for years. Let's be honest. Out of, out of the top four, they're the bottom. No one gives a fuck about Queens. Honestly, Nas is only accepted. is because Queens is in New York. If you put Queens in another city, Nas and Mob Deep don't mean shit. Hot take. If you took Queens and put it in another city, it wouldn't mean jack shit. It's borrowing from everyone else here. Stan Lee hated poor people, if you look at the mole man, but he understood that Queens wasn't shit. So I think I've patched up my issues with Stanley. Speaking of using things until you cannot use them anymore, I recently... Have purchased a suit. Yes. I purchased a suit. Well, that may not seem like a huge thing. It kind of is for a guy. Suits are something that's not usually on our radar of things that we need to own. Because we don't often go to many events that we require them. You know what I mean? We don't really do that kind of stuff often. And I feel... I feel in a lot of ways that it's an experience that every man has to have because there is something interesting about how a man will dress another man. Like his job is I'm here to make you look good. I'm here to make you be the best you can be on a night you need to be the best you can be. I went in there and I said, hey, I'm just looking for a... Pants and blazer. it's it. Small pants and blazer. The guy was like, honestly, he's like, you're going to waste your time trying to match that pants and blazer. And it's going to be more expensive if you just buy a whole suit altogether. And I told him, well, I'm not trying to spend too much money. I told him, just trying to get through this situation. I'm trying to go to this event, get in, get out, baby. I'm not trying to put more effort than I need to. And he was like, don't worry about it. said, so we're going to put together something and I'm going to throw you a price. And we'll go from there. So he's looking at me. He has the measuring tape around his neck, which is crazy. Was, I it does a TV show thing. Guys, the measuring tape around their neck, but he's got it around his neck. And he's looking at me, not even using the measuring tape. He's just sizing me up with his eyes, his fucking eyes. Years of experience. This old Italian man just fucking knows, dude. He puts one blazer on me, almost gets it just right. The sleeves are a little tight. He looks at me again, grabs another. Dis- the goddamn jacket fit perfectly. Fucking Hawkeye, dude. Fucking Hawkeye, man. Amazing. So I'm I'm standing there, waiting for him to do the pants. He's looking at me now. He's looking at my legs, which is interesting. I have really meaty legs. So whenever anyone looks at them, I feel a little self conscious about it. I feel like they're judging my thighs. I'm a thunder thighs. I can't help it. This is my Crappy genetics. I ain't asked for this. I want to have skinnier legs. But apparently, thick legs are sexy. I don't know, man. It's a weird fuck. I don't know what's sexy anymore. Who finds what attractive anymore? There's probably a whole people dedicated to the thighs somewhere. But he's looking at my thighs and my legs. And he's like, all right, try these pants on. I try them on. They're a little too tight. He goes, all right. He looks at me in the pants. And in his mind, he's doing these calculations. I see numbers swirling around his head. And he goes, all right, I'll be right back. Brings me another pair of pants. Damn good fit. He goes, all right, might have to hem that, put on these shoes. Gives me a pair of shoes, put them on. Once again, just looking. He's like, all right, we need to hem right here. I'm like, okay, you got it, boss. So now I got my blazer. I've got my pants. I already own my own shoes. I was good on that. Now came the shirt, once again, sizing me up. He's like, but I got to ask you this question. He's like, you got a date to this thing? I'm like, yes. Go on with my girlfriend. He's like, all right, what is she wearing? I'm like, well, she's wearing a blue dress. He's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to match his shirt with her dress, and I'm going to tell you why. He's like, women love it when you coordinate with the dress. It shows you care. It shows a dedication. It shows intention. You're letting the whole party know. You're with this lovely woman. And all the women will look at their husbands and wonder why they are not synchronized with their wives. And it will make them feel things about their marriage they never thought about before. Shit got dark. I was like, oh, shit. And he's like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to put you in the right blue. So you can match with your girl and let them know you're together. I'm like, all right. I was sold. And I do selling for a living. You know, I sell rental equipment. or I rent out rental video equipment. I know what the job is. But there's something about meeting another salesman in the wild. You feel a kinship. You're like, oh, I know this guy. He knows me. And we're connected. And we're going on this journey. Oh, so nice. And he sold me hard, man. And what I love about suit salesmen, there's almost always some other old guy there. Like his manager of sorts, like putting him over going, that guy right there, you give him a whole sweet 16 party, he get it done in a day and everyone looks beautiful. Every time he would get something right, he goes, you see, with his eyes, just with his eyes, just with his eyes. And I'm like, a whirlwind of emotions, a whirlwind of selling. And man, is this guy getting over with me. I'm becoming a suit mark for this dude. I want like, if he had merch, I'd wear it. That's how much I was bought in. I joined his suit cult. Like, he had me, man. We're going to get you a suit, producer Kyle. Because if you're going to look like trash, I want you at least looking like trash in a suit. God, your face is terrible. We're going to fix that first. This is not abuse to a young person. He's not even... I don't even consider him a person. You know what I mean? He's in the trailer park. That doesn't count as people. All right, Kyle, stop crying, okay? Stop crying. Enough, enough. Enough of the tears. Done, okay? I apologize. You're not a sewer rat. I called him that earlier. But when a man has a suit, he feels powerful. He feels great. He feels like he's got, like, an armor on, and all the poverty is going to deflect off of him. He may not have anything in his bank account, but he's got that suit. And there is something very beautiful about the suit seller. He is there to make sure you look great. Same thing with barbers. I love barbers, man, because barbers, it's a selfless act. He, I'm going to show you how how much better you could look. I'm going to make you your best self. Maybe not spiritually, but at least physically, I'm going to get you halfway there. And I love that aspect of it. And it's such an underrated experience. And I feel in the male experience of life, men don't get to talk about these things quite often because we don't really think about them. It's just we got to get a haircut. We got to get a suit. But there's a beauty in when other men want other men to win because we are so programmed into wanting to have each other lose because we have this idea that in order for me to win, you have to lose, though I do often say that in general, that in order for someone to win, someone has to lose. And that's kind of sadly the point of life, really. That We got out the jungles to do what exactly? To dominate our environment. Now that we've dominated this environment, we just continue to dominate. You know, as much as I would like to think you know, in the in the Barney idea, the Spider-Man idea, where there's enough for everyone, I don't know if there is. But for a brief moment, in the haircut, or the clothing situation, or even sneakers, you can go get, you can get a pair of sneakers. There's something beautiful in a man telling another man, I'm going to hook you up, and I'm going to make you look right. It's a very underrated experience. And I feel... Often men are told that they don't express a level of intimacy enough. In terms of friendships, in terms of other men, I disagree. I think we are highly intimate when it comes to our looks, when it comes to wanting to be fly as fuck. Because you do want to look fly to impress other dudes too. You know what I mean? It's not just about women. You also want the fellas to go, that dude is fucking smooth as shit. And it's it's something that was unspoken about. But I think it's a very, very important thing to keep in mind. So next time you go clothes shopping and you happen to have a good seller. They're rare. I don't know if you're going to have an experience like I had. I put the suit on today for the first time all together, all the pieces together. I look fucking amazing. I'll be posting pictures on my Instagram. But I look hot as shit. And it's one of those suits that even if you button up the jacket, you look fucking cool too. I look like a fucking assassin, man. And think about that the assassin. The assassin wears suits, he's respectful of your death. If you're going to be murdered, at least be murdered by a well dressed man. That's the way I see it. I hope all people who are murdered at least are murdered by well dressed. Even though murder is a terrible crime. Terrible crime. Shouldn't happen. But if it's going to, let it be by a well-dressed man. Cause at least you know who he's taking it seriously. He's putting in the commitment. But we all know what happens when you get murdered even by a well-dressed man. I think you and I, new producer Kyle, and no wonder can wherever he may be, all know how that is going to end.